to this message from Valley Bible Fellowship. It is our sincere prayer that you're richly blessed through the ministry of the Word. For more information about VBF, visit our website at vbf.org. Melvin Adams in the house. He's with us. He's an NCAA All-American basketball player, and he was a member of the world-famous Harlem Globetrotters. And what I love is, I, I just found this out about him. March 17, 2000, he retired from the Harlem Globetrotters um, to fulfill a new dream, and that's to challenge individuals to personal success through focus and work and sharing his personal story. And I just, I love that about him. Here he is, this guy. Uh, so please give a warm VBF welcome to Melvin Adams. All right, how, how's everybody doing? Yeah, y'all got a nice college or mall, whatever this is here. This is nice. And I don't know if any of y'all saw um, uh, Nacho Libre. Don't he look like the guy that stole the chips? <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Some of y'all gonna go watch that movie tonight. Most of you were probably shocked when I walked out here because y'all was like, is that a black Smurf? What is that? There was one lady, I told her, like, see, dreams do come true. You don't have to be... Six foot eight, or you know what I mean? God uses ordinary people to do extraordinary things. How many of y'all believe that? And I, you know, my oldest son, he's, uh, he's uh, 19. When he was 11, he came to me and said, Daddy, Daddy, I want to play football. I said, hopefully not the NFL, because that stands for not for long. <laughs> so I put him with these 14-year-olds. They weren't on steroids. It was just fried chicken, cornbread, and Kool-Aid. You know what I mean? <laughs> because if you want to be great, you want to hang around people that are better than you. How many of you believe that? Yeah. So my youngest son, he wasn't into sports. He was eight. He's into Legos. No, everything is awesome. He's that guy. He gets distracted. So I put him on special teams. Special teams in football is 22 guys trying to knock each other's head off. You know what I mean, right? Now, if you're black, you know what that felt like. If you're Hispanic, it's the chunkla. Hey, hey. And if you're white, time out. But anyway, so um, 22 guys. Across from my son, so I put my son on special teams, right? Across from him was a 6'4", 200-pound, 14-year-old. And I told my wife, I said, baby, he's going to kill Silas. They blew the whistle. The guy took off. <sighs> His lips were so big, it looked like two pancakes fighting over syrup. <laughs> he hit Silas, and all I heard Silas say was, Daddy! I could only see out of one eye. I said, I know, but get off the field. He goes, Daddy, Daddy, I could only see out of one eye. I said, Silas, calm down. I squared his shoulders, I got his helmet, I pulled it to the front because he was looking through his ear hole the whole time. <laughs> and see, I believe that God wants to do something big, but a lot of times we think too small. God wants to do something really big. So what I want to do real quick is I want to dare you. I believe that God wants you to be great. I believe that. Stevie Wonder can see that. And if you would just allow me to use the dare, the acronym, I'll be out of your hair like I'm out of mine. The D is every day we're not born winners or losers, we're born choosers. Every day we make a decision to be great. I got a scholarship to a junior college in Hillsboro, Texas. It was so flat you could see your dog run away for two weeks. <laughs> I want you to remember the name, Coach Roberts. Coach Roberts sat me down, he looked at me in the face, he said, you will never play college basketball. 
How many of you here today have been hearing your whole life, you'll never amount to anything, you're going to be just like your mama, you're going to be just like your daddy, and see hurt people hurt people, but heal people heal people. The one thing about God is that God, Jesus didn't just come that we would be saved, he also came that we would be set free. There are many believers. There are many believers who, who are saved. And it's like, can you imagine somebody coming to you talking about, hey, man, Jesus want to set you free, and I'm looking at you, and you got handcuffs on? That, that's crazy to me. I'm like, what are we talking about? How are you going to tell me to make my bed when you don't make your bed? I don't understand that. So he tells me, he sits me down and says, you'll never amount to anything. And that day I made a decision that I was not going to be what Coach Roberts told me to be. I began to shoot about 3,000 jump shots every day. I ran three miles every day. I used to drive my mother's car on a major freeway in Houston, Texas at 4 o'clock in the morning. I would open up the door, dribble the ball while I was going five miles an hour until I could do it going 10. Had an opportunity to go to college right here in California. And the gas prices were so high in L.A., the Crips and the Bloods was riding together. <laughs> Got to go to a college. They had won five games in five years. They were the number one ranked team in the nation if you read your newspaper upside down. They played against Ray Charles All-Stars and still lost. Do you understand what I'm trying to tell you? Everybody in the town walked like losers. They talked like losers because if you've been losing your whole life, it's really hard to believe that you can do anything great. But it only takes one of you to get what I'm saying, and you will not only change your community, you can literally change the world. The media came out. They said, what are you going to do? I said, we're going to win the national championship, and everybody laughed. I laughed. It, it was funny. Practice started at 2, I went to practice at 1. Practice over at 4, I left at 6. If I wasn't the best in the gym, I would literally beat myself up. That year we went 28 and 4, we won the national championship. You know who got MVP? The short, cute black guy. Appreciate it. But anyway, <laughs> what I'm saying, those seniors for four years, all they had known was losing, left out as champions. My junior year came, we got a bunch of freshmen. I knew they were freshmen because they smelled like Huggy Supreme and Similac. <laughs> and they always wanted to watch SpongeBob. One thing about life is you can say whatever you want, but people are watching everything you talk about. You can talk, talk, but people are watching what you do. And these young freshmen saw me come to practice early. They saw me leave late. That year, we were two games over 500. We were okay. My senior year, their sophomore year, we won 28 games. We lost four, and we won the national championship again at a school that had won five games in five years. Now, that's cool, but this is really cool. When I graduated, the sophomores that became juniors won two national championships after I left. See, what type of legacy will you leave and what will people say about you long after you're gone? Make the decision, not just for today, but for the rest of your life, that you're great. The A is aspire. I don't know about you. I look up to a lot of people. I'm, I'm short, so I look up, you know, literally. I remember growing up in a neighborhood. We grew up in poverty. We were so broke. If you tried to rob us, you'd be practicing. Um, and so my neighbor drove taxis before Uber. My neighbor drove taxi. He picks up a guy named Metalark Lemon. Melog Lemon gives him tickets to go to a Globetrotter game. I'm from Texas. I love football. I was really fast. I'm black. Cops. You know the whole deal. But anyway, so, you know. So I didn't want to go to the game. He comes and gives me tickets. I go with my best friend, and I was blown away because these guys could do anything with a ball but eat it. And if you put some hot sauce on it, they would show you how to do that. And there was one particular Globetrotter that stood out to me. We had a lot in common. He was short. I was short. He was bald. I was bald. He was cute. I was cute. We just had a lot in common. And he comes over, he shook my hand, he let me rub his head. It impacted me so much, I became the new metal art, new curly. Had an opportunity to play with the San Antonio Spurs. My first game with the San Antonio Spurs, we played the Chicago Bulls. And everybody knew Michael Jordan was back. He smelled like Ben Gay mothballs, but he was back. 
I'm sitting on the bench, San Antonio Spurs. Michael Jordan is dribbling the ball, got his tongue out like. He threw a look away pass. I'm like, where is this brother throwing the ball? All of a sudden, this long-nosed, light-skinned black dude, Scottie Pippen, comes out of nowhere, grabs the ball, dunks it in. So I jump off the bench like, yeah, way to go, Mike, you the man. But I was playing for the Spurs. Uh, I get in the game, I'm dribbling the ball. David Robinson sets the pick. I dribble, I pick, and guess who was guarding me? Michael Jordan. So I said I can do two things. I could pass the ball and get scared like, ah! Or two, I can take Michael Jordan to the hoop because Michael Jordan puts his pants on the same way I do. It may take him a little longer, but he does the same thing. I drive to the hoop. Michael Jordan elbows me in the chest. I shoot the shot. Ball goes in. I'm fouled. I'm pumped up because I've just hit on the best NBA player. I'm on the free throw line. I shoot my free throw. Michael Jordan is on the right side talking about my mama got a mustache, right? <laughs> but that didn't make me mad. What made me mad was he was lying because my mama got a goatee. But anyway, that started something in my life. But if you have a dream, and if you work hard, dreams will come true. Real quick, I'm gonna get, can I get my man on the far end? Yeah, Clay Thompson's little nephew. Can you come here real quick? Clay Thompson. Yeah, yeah, can you come? Yeah, can you, yeah, can you, oh, he nervous now. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, you, yeah. Don't be like my daddy, don't show up. Come on, yeah, okay. Um, there was a, I saw, okay, there, there's a guy. There's a guy right there, I think, right there. Right there, he like right in between. He got a black shirt on, smiling, look like Jaden Smith. Why your daddy cr slapped Chris Rock? Yeah, can yeah, can you come up? Yeah, can he come up? Yeah, can he come up? Yeah, can you, you look? Yeah, he, everybody's scared in Bakersfield. Okay, yeah, 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 daddy, yeah, 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 yeah. Can he come up? Yeah. Oh, he's he's scared. Okay, okay. Can I get right here, Justin Bieber? Justin Bieber? Yeah, Justin Bieber. Yeah, yeah, go, yeah. You gonna come on stage? Yeah, we got. Yeah, I got Justin Bieber and Diego from Doris Cousin. Uh. Okay, I need, I need a girl. I'm looking over the scene. I don't see any girls, uh, young, young girls. I see a young, young girl, young girl. Where, where? Where was she at? Look, she hiding too. Look, okay. Let me see. Yeah, can she come? Is that a, is a little girl? Okay. Yeah, Shakira, come on down. Okay, um, I, hope, I hope that even, at, yeah, she go, yeah, she, yeah, she looking at everybody. There's one girl. She look, okay. Yeah can, yeah, can she come? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if, okay, Taylor Swift. My bad, I thought she was Hispanic. Um, Okay, there we go. Okay, cool. So what I'm going to do, I hope that even as you're watching this, like, even in my whole life story, you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, I'm going to teach, well, let me rephrase, I'm going to attempt to teach these young people how to do some tricks. Now, we normally, I normally, girls go first, because, you know, if you don't, girls get mad, like, you know what I mean? But I'm, I'm, I'm going to save the best for last, Taylor Swift, okay? So, so uh, can you get that ball for me, Justin, real quick? So you're going to come right here. You're right here, okay? White chocolate, you're going to come right here, right here. And then uh, you're going to come right here behind your husband. Okay, cool. All right. Um, all right. So um, I'm going to teach these young people how to do some tricks. And you know what's, what's amazing? I want you to understand, even as we're doing this, how powerful words are. Simple words. See, a lot of you that maybe came late because you're black. But anyway, um, most people saw me. I was walking around. I was sitting in the back with uh, Miss, uh, her name is Miss Taylor. She looks like Sandra Bullock. You know, she make hope float. Helped a black kid play football, you know what I'm talking about? When I came here, they told me to come in, in, in the room back there. And I said, you know, I don't want to be in the room. I want to be where the people at. I want to get to know y'all. So I started walking around and got to meet cool people. Got to meet, you know, J-Lo and her family over here. And uh, the last time I was in Bakersville was like 19, it was probably 1996. And, and a lot has changed in Bakersville. Yeah, it's a lot of Latinos and Filipinos. I, I don't know that. So I had a burrito and some balut at the same time. I don't, and it's, 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 it's amazing, but it's amazing how words, simple words, all I did was went around a lot of you, and all I did was give you celebrity names. And most of y'all had more teeth than a dentist. 
<laughs> Thank you, black man. <laughs> I, didn't hit, I didn't beat you in the head with Jesus. All I did was give you a celebrity name, and you had more teeth than a dentist. <laughs> it's amazing. You, you'll get what I'm saying after this comes to a magical. But your name is? Mason. You sound like Chewbacca. Mason. Mason. Okay, Mason, Mason. I'm going to do a trick, Mason. You have to do what I do, Mason. All right, Mason, what are you going to do? You can do it, Mason. I believe in you. I believe in you. So, you, you, you got skills. I believe in you. I believe in you. So, this, I'm going to talk you through it. So, around the way, let's see what you got. They, look at you. Look, look, what? Okay. That's all right. You killed a mosquito. That's cool. That's cool. Okay. You go around this leg. Then you go, like, look at you, karate kid. And you're going to fake the pass. Okay, that was good. You scared me a little bit. That was good. Then you're going to kick it off your knee. Like that to me. Okay, good. So his brother was in some drive-bys. Who killed Tupac? Um, so, stay right here. Stay, don't leave. Stay right there. Okay. Now, it's amazing. Mason, right off the top, just straight off the top, he said, I can't do that. Now, I hope people don't look at me and think just because I'm black, I came out of my mother's womb doing tricks. It didn't, <laughs> it didn't work that way. And Mason's going to hear the story. He's going to be motivated. But it's amazing how when y'all started clapping, Mason was like, viva la raza, orale. <laughs> just off claps. Now, this is Dominic. Justin Bieber, Dominique. Justin Bieber. Just a real, real key. What you gonna do? Hold that for me. You gonna roll it here. Round the back. Knee, foot. Back. You got it, white chocolate. Here we go. So you're gonna roll it here. Nice. There we go. Yes. There you go. Then you go round the back. There you go. Off your knee. Uh-oh. Okay. Mark Wahlberg is proud of you. Off your foot. Okay, that's kickball. Okay, but it's good. Then you go round the back. You're doing good. There you go. Then off your elbow. Good, yes, nice, give it a little boy, yes. That was awesome. Francis. <laughs> okay, Francis, you hold, you hold this for me. Francis, real quick, Francis, you're going to come right here. I want everybody to see you because you're awesome. Francis, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spin the ball on your finger. Now, do you believe, you believe that I can spin the ball on your finger? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. That was really motivating. Uh, let's ask her again. Do you believe... Uh, Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, Francis, before I do it, there's a couple of things wrong with your finger. Okay, you got to file it down because you could stab somebody in China. Okay, all right. Okay. Was that peanut butter? Okay, here we go, Francis. Give it up for my young people. The R is, is recognized. That's his question. I did a basketball camp in Houston. And I had like 50 kids. And I had 11 of, 12 of those uh, kids were girls. And I asked the 12 girls, I said, how many of you, when you look in the mirror, do you like what you see? 11 of them said no. It blew my mind. Because it's amazing to me how there are women who take an hour to get dressed, but yet you still don't feel beautiful. That, that's, that's, that's crazy to me. Miss America, we, Miss USA, we said she was the most beautiful woman in the world, but she committed suicide. We said, you are the most beautiful woman in the world, but obviously this woman didn't even feel that. 
And there are many people who walk past this lady every day, looking past the makeup, the outfits, but not really getting to inside here. See, the church is real good at cutting weeds. We're not good at dealing with roots. Because, see, we spend money we don't have to please people we don't like, because that's what it's really all about. You don't want your kid to get a tattoo because you're worried about what other people are going to think about you as a parent. It has nothing to do with the tattoo. You got tattoos inside, but we don't want nobody to see that because, again, it's all about people pleasing. See, I grew up as a kid. My mom, my, my mom was the type of woman that if I got an 89, she'd cuss me out because I should have got a 90. If I got a 90, she'd cuss me out because I should have got a 91. And if I got a 100, she wouldn't say nothing because that's what I should have got. I played football, scored four touchdowns. My mom said, you would have had five if you wouldn't have fumbled the ball. So you want to know why I shot 3,000 jump shots every day? You want to really know why I ran three miles? Because I thought if I could score more points, if I could make more money, maybe my mother would love me more. So growing up as a kid, my mother never told me she loved me. I never heard that. It was actually 19 years ago was the first time in my life that I ever heard from my own mother that she loved me. And I'm 50. My dad was a cop. He was a cop. And he would come home and he would hammer six nails in a piece of wood. He would turn the sharp points. He'd beat my mother, beat my brothers, and then he would beat me. And there are many times my dad would make me watch him, make my mama get on her knees on a gravel street, and he would beat her with a water hose. But check this out. We went to church every Sunday. So some of that church stuff, as if God is impressed with that. My dad would make me watch him, so I was a very angry kid. I hated authority because every authority in my life let me down. I was going to school. If I could be quite honest with you this morning, I was very suicidal. But there were two people who didn't just come to school, two teachers who didn't just come to school to get a check. My high school, uh, high school principal was a Christian, but she didn't go around telling everybody she was a Christian. She just lived it. She would come to school every day, and she would tell me I was awesome. Now, you have to understand culture, because most black kids ain't in the hood going, Leroy, you're awesome. <laughs> but she said it so much, she started to believe it. She said I was amazing. I said, I'm not Spider-Man. <laughs> she gave me my first birthday party. And I went from making all Fs to being on the honor roll to being the first one to graduate from college with my family. My high school coach, he drove me to one of the richest areas in Houston. I grew up around drugs, prostitution, and gangs. And that's all I saw. That's all I thought I was going to become. But this guy drives me to this neighborhood. His houses was like y'all church. It was huge. And he says, you know what? He said, you can live in a house like that. And there was a show back in the day called MTV Cribs. I was on that show twice because a teacher told me that I can do it. I said to myself, if I really listen to these teachers then my children won't have to grow up like I did. They'll grow up in a better neighborhood. They'll go to better schools. They'll talk different. Father, father, <laughs> were you poor, father? Did you eat the government cheese? Were you constipated? Were you a Negro, father? It changed my life. I retired from playing professional sports in 2000, started speaking in public schools all over the world. I go to this town called Harlingen, Texas. It's 99.9% .9 Hispanic. So I was like a big black dot on a white dog. But one thing about me is I don't wait for people to come to me. I go to them. Now understand this. I used to be shy. But when you look at me, you see me with diarrhea of the mouth. But that's what happens when you give everything to God. He begins to stretch you. I couldn't do tricks. When I gave him my heart, there's no trick I can't do. We can do all things through Christ who gives us strength. Some of us need a little work, but it can be done. So, daddies, you can wash dishes. You just don't want to. Mmm. But anyway, 
I go to this town, and you know how they're driving up, and they're, they're dropping the car, they're dropping the kids off. It was kindergarten through seventh grade, and one thing, I'm engaged, so I immediately go up there, and I'm opening up the door. I'm going, hey, what's up, Dora the Explorer? Swiper, no swiping. How's Diego? This little girl had more teeth than the dentist. <laughs> she was excited. The mom was smiling. The next three cars, the kids were excited, pumped up, just like all of y'all were like, what is wrong with this Negro? Who is this guy? So I'm coming in. I want, I want to change lives. The, the, the security guard goes, hey, you need to go talk to the, uh, the secretary because she's upset with you because you parked in her spot. And see, I don't like letting people down. I got there real early. It was dark. I couldn't see it. I know I'm black and we can see it at night, but I made a mistake. So I go in. I'm talking to the lady, and she just has this attitude like, Ugh. I'm thinking, who wakes up mad? Who wakes up mad? Some of you women today woke up mad. Came to church just, Ugh. It's people dying in Ukraine. You mad because your husband left his shoes on for good. <laughs> they had one dude. Preach on, brother. <laughs> he gonna be divorced in a week. But anyway, what I'm saying is, keep hope alive. She has this attitude. She's just going off. Like I'm just like, who has attitude? While while I'm listening to this lady, around the corner comes another lady. I go, hey, what's up, Charlie's Angels? Is Bosley back there? And the secretary goes, you're a little over the top calm down. I said, okay, Satan. So I go to the side and uh, <laughs> like, wait. I waited till the bell rang. When the bell rang, I go up to the lady. I go, listen, if you're not doing anything, why don't you come hear me speak to the kids? Kindergarten through seven. She goes, if I have time. <laughs> I'm like, this is what kids come to school? Anyway, so I go do the assembly. At the end of the assembly, there was a seventh grade Hispanic girl. She was real skinny. She could hula hoop through a Cheerio. <laughs> hang glide with a Dorito. Her clothes didn't fit. She was crying. Boogers and snot was everywhere. And she came up to me. She hugged me so tight. I, I got to be honest this morning. I farted. I mean, it was tight. She was, she was, she was tight. Everybody who laughed and just farted. But anyway, so she gives me the note. She says, when you read this note, just know that you changed the note today. And she walked away. I said, okay, Selena, go, man. Sorry about Justin Bieber. Keep your head up. So me, the principal, and Satan, I mean, the secretary, were walking through the school. And the principal says, before you fly out, why don't we go in my office and read the note that the girl gave you? So we go in the office, and the note says, my dad left me two years ago. I wear big clothes because I cut myself. My mom goes out every week and gets drunk, and many of the men she brings back have molested me. So tonight, I'm going to take some pills. I'm going to end my life because my life sucks. She said, but when you read the note, know that you change the note. I look over the secretary, and I go, that's why I'm over the top. So if you, came, if you think I just came to Bakersville... To make you laugh, you missed out on the whole point. God wants to do something great in some lives here, but it's not him, it's us. We have the walls built up. You got to walk around seven times like you in Jericho. We got these hard looks, these hard exterior, these hard looks. And we just come to church because that's just what we've been doing. We've been doing it our whole life. But he wants to set someone free today. You don't have to have the hard looks. You don't have to hide behind the tattoo that got a dragon and Bruce Lee's name on the back of it. It's recognized. See, I get a call to do this virtual event. And this lady, she was Indian, so I called her Kim Kardashian. She, you know, she's Indian. The company is in Canada. They have a company in Chile. I know you want a hot dog, but I'm not talking about that. Chile, the country, and in Dallas. And so she booked me to do this virtual event, and she would call me every other day just so that I could call her Kim Kardashian. <laughs> She'd already booked me for the event, but she called me every other day 
Just so I can call Kim Kardashian. She would have her workers like, hey, tell that joke to this guy. Tell that joke to this lady. So I'm doing the virtual event. I wake up in the morning just like I was so excited. Came here to Bakersfield. I was so excited. And uh, you know what's hot in Bakersfield when Satan asks you for a soda. But anyway, I came to Bakersfield. And, uh, and it's, like I said, a lot of shames because I've seen more cops in a day than I ever did. I saw Jesus with bullet holes. I mean, he's just on the cross. And so I go, I go, I go, I go, go, to, go, go do this virtual event, and I'm, and I'm doing the thing, and then they have the, the chats, you know, the chats. Any of y'all good with social media, the chats? And it was like, Melvin, Melvin, da-da-da. So I, I, I get off the virtual event, and the, the Indian lady calls me. She says, would it be okay if we gave your number to some of the workers? Sounded kind of weird, but I was like, hmm, what would Bakersfield do? So I said, you know what? I give her the number. Next day, I get a call from the CEO of the company. He netted $28 million the year before. $28 million. He calls me. He says, I want to talk to you. I say, yeah, hey, what's up? What's going on? He said, I lost my mother a month ago because of COVID. Five days ago, I lost my wife. He said, when I woke up that morning to get the, the Zoom ready for the virtual event, I was going into work that day, and I was going to kill myself. He said, well, when I turned the video on and I saw you, I couldn't take my eyes off of you. You're funny, and the message that you said really stuck with me. Today. I'm here today because of you. And I thought about that. What if we woke up every day with the desire, how can we make someone better? Not people we know. If you're a mom, it's easy to love your daughter. That's, that's easy. It's easy to love your son. But can you love that woman that you know talk about you behind your back? I'm not saying you got to hang out with her. But when you see her, you don't be like mean mugger like, mm. Lord, use my hands to do your will. I'm not talking about you driving in the parking lot and you speaking French, but you know you don't speak French. Bonjour, oui, oui, pipi. We woke up every day with the desire to make the world a better place. See, many of you, even as I came to you, that weirded you out. Because we're not used to that. It's simple things. Let me tell you this, men, listen. You can work all day. Money can buy a nice dog, but love will make it wag its tail. Let me tell you, Dad, if you don't take time to take your daughter on a date, when she date 21 Savage and Kodak Black or Tupac's cousin, don't get mad. Because you wasn't there. That's why I tell you, if you're a girl, if you're a girl, listen, if you're a girl, when you get older, start getting married, think about married by 25, 28, you know what I mean? About, you know, something like, take a Bible, put it in between you and the guy. That way he got to go through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. <laughs> then he'll know how to act and it won't be no Roman. <laughs> and you girls, if you're a girl, listen, everyday girls, when you wake up, you need to look in the mirror, you need to talk to yourself. And stop believing the lies. It blows my mind. Girls, it's beautiful. Like, and y'all keep beating yourself up there. Y'all are beautiful. So when you get up in the morning, if you're white and you look in the mirror and go, oh, my God, I'm so amazing. <laughs> yeah. If you're Hispanic, muy, muy bonita, caliente. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a black girl, hey, for real, though, hey. Yeah. If you're Asian, get ready for photo now. Whatever you do to build your self-esteem, you got to build it up. You need to recognize you're great. Recognize. E. The E is expect, expect every day. I w Listen, my glass is always full. You can't steal my joy. Ladies, let me, ladies, ladies, again, listen. You already know when you wake up and you already know this. You already know when you wake up, somebody going to talk about you behind your back. You already know somebody, your son, your daughter, your husband going to do something. But we allow the littlest things to steal your joy, even though you know it's coming. That's crazy. And your son's going to marry a, a woman just like you. So think about that. 
The apple don't fall too far from the tree. So if you're coming home, thuggalicious, beating your husband down, that brother walk around like he got pink panties on, what you think your daughter's going to be? If you're a father, your daughter's going to marry a man like you. So if you're coming home disrespectful, beating your wife down, don't get mad when she marry Dr. Dre's nephew. <laughs> she watching you. Can't sit here and blame everybody. No, no, look in the mirror, Michael Jackson. Poor black boy grew up to be a rich white lady. <laughs> <laughs> Expect. Expect great things. I came home fifth grade, saw something that would forever change my life. My mom's back was broken. She was bleeding. And from that moment, I said, you know what? I never hit a woman. I started writing poems to my wife in fifth grade, writing poems to this woman I never met. Poems like, where you at? <laughs> I miss you. <laughs> I'm cuter than Gardner, the guy who introduced me. I came home after my first show of the Globe Times. I'm signing autographs. And Sonia, that's my wife. You got to say, my wife is so black, she can put her fingerprints on charcoal. You know you black if you can wear yellow lipstick and look like a cheeseburger. <laughs> you know you black if you can drive a motorcycle and get pulled over for windows too tinted. But my wife <laughs> is fat, P-H-A-T, pretty hot and <laughs> tempting. I'm signing autographs, and Sonia walked by, and I said, the Lord is my shepherd. He know what I want. <laughs> and I followed into this Barnes and Noble, and I started talking to her. I was like, do you have a boyfriend? She's like, no. I was like, how long have you had that problem? Don't settle for a kid's meal when you can get a value pack. <laughs> Don't get a hamburger when you can get a Big Mac. After she slapped me, I gave her my phone number. <laughs> and she was different than any girl of every day. She'd walk to a room and it was dark and there was one light on her. And she was like two because she was real black. You couldn't see her. Like, I, began to <laughs> I began to realize she was one. So I retired from playing professional sports and I took her to a beach in Galveston, Texas. Now, y'all water in California is beautiful. Galveston, that water is so dirty, I used to be white and I swam in there my whole life. <laughs> y'all pastor baptized a baby in that water and he died. That's why I'm just, the water's nasty. I put a white pee on the beach, got 11 of my best friends, gave them all white tuxedos, gave each of them one white rose, and as I played her song, each guy brought a rose. We took a helicopter to a tall building in downtown Houston. I had a table set up. She likes Subway sandwich, six cents, turkey on wheat, everything but bell pepper. It's like a coffee black like her man, one equal, Truvia. I put the ring in the sandwich. She didn't eat it, but she said yes. So the next day, I took it to the movie. About 3,000 roses. While we waiting for the movie to come on, all these guys start bringing the roses. I said, hey, who gave the roses? I act like I was mad. I walked in front of the movie theater. I grabbed the mic. Now, I've spoken in front of 8 million people, but I was sweating like Mike Tyson in a spelling bee contest. I mean, I was nervous. <laughs> I said, I want to thank my girlfriend and my fiance for saying yes. It's been 20 years, 6 months, 22 days, 11 hours, 12 minutes, about 39 seconds, Texas time. My wife was pregnant. Every day I would go to my, my son, first son, I would touch. I said, my son's going to do something great. He's going to do something great. Life and death is in the power of the tongue, speaking, speaking. My son graduated from high school last year in a, in a class of 978 students. He was number 78 with a 4.8 GPA. I don't know if he's black or Chinese. I think he's black or knees. That brother's amazing. My baby boy, uh, pray for me. But anyway, um... <laughs> When he was in elementary, they gave out an award in elementary called the Character Award. Two kids get in kindergarten, two get in first, and so on. He got the award in third grade, he got the award in fourth, and he got the award in fifth grade. But it didn't shock me because I expect great things. And see, my, my challenge for you today is I remember, I remember going to New Zealand before Lord of the Rings. And I remember, I don't know if some of you just feel like there's some of you here that have been going through a lot just lately. And it's been really hard. You look to the left, it's bad. To the right, the front and the back. And 
You're just at the point where you even wonder if God is even hearing your prayers. You came here today with heavy hearts, worrying about bills, you're worrying about life, you're worrying about your kids, you're worrying about, am I ever going to find someone to love? See, a lot of you see, it's, it's amazing how we can, we can literally be here, all the people that are here, and there are a lot of you here who still feel alone, even though you live in Bakersville, it's everybody know everybody. People know you broke up before you did. <laughs> but you came here with heavy hearts. I remember going to New Zealand, and I'll say this, and then one more thing, then I'll be out of your hair like I'm out of mine. But I, but I love you. I asked God to show me, uh, maybe it was a few months ago, I was in Colorado. My, my, fl my flights got all delayed. It was all jacked up. And I just shut the, shut the shades, and I started watching Chosen. You know, the Chosen, the little app, the little thing. It's real cool. Like, it shows Jesus the kind of the way y'all church and your pastor believes. Not that super religious, goofy. And uh, I asked God to start showing me. Like, Jesus would go into towns, literally, and just be changing people's lives. Like, you know, like, you're going to have a baby in three days. And, you know, he would just say stuff like, like, your hair going to grow. But you know that ain't true. You know, but, but Jesus would go in, he would say, you know what I mean, Van Diesel, he would just say stuff like that. And I, I said, God, I, I want to see that. So the last four places, this is my fifth, and, and I'm 50 years old. And they say, you know, if you, you got about 75 years, give or take. So if that's true, then I look at life totally different now. Back in the day, I was just doing my thing, doing my little thug thizzle, woohoo, Rick Ross, you know what I'm talking about. But I'm 50 years old. You got 75, that's 75 summers, 75 winters, 75 springs, 75 winters. You think about it, that's not a lot, of, a lot of time. So how can I most impact in the time I have to be an impact? Some here came here today, heavy heart, somebody going to love me, how my bills going to get paid. The heart's been heavy, man, but we know how to come to church with that fake smile. <laughs> Praise the Lord, brother. <laughs> And Jesus can see past that. I'm in New Zealand. I just graduated from college. I was a two-time All-American. We won two national championships. My life was great. On campus, I was, I was that dude. Now I'm in New Zealand, 17 hours away from anything that's familiar. Because God wants to get you to a place where you, you can't call nobody. You can't go on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> just you and him, one-on-one. -on -one. You and the real Dr. Phil. But we're so distracted by social media, by work, by our girls, our boys, dogs. So, but he wants to get to a place when you're all alone that you can't do nothing but here. We're here today. And I'm sitting in the room and everything around me was bad. I would pray to God and I felt like he wasn't listening or maybe he was mad at me. It was a very lonely place. It was the second time in my life that I ever thought about suicide. So I got in a taxi, and I was going to go downtown New Zealand. There was a bridge. I was going to jump off of it because you know and I know that black people can't swim. <laughs> if Titanic would have been a black movie, it would have been three minutes. Thank you, Spielberg. Appreciate it. <laughs> so I'm walking down, and I'm, right before I'm going down to the, uh, to the bridge, uh, I do rap. I, I used to rap, like, back in the day. Not rap, but I rap Christmas presents, so if you need me, let me know in November. <laughs> I have it for you by December, you know, just give or take. But this is what I feel like God wants to say to that person or those people that are just going through what I just told you. And I'm going to speak it more than I rap it so you can understand it. We've all had times that seem uncertain, waiting on God to pull back the curtain. 
Looking for the sun to break through the cloud. One last straw you're going to throw in the towel. Relax, my sister, because things do change. In its own time, things rearrange. Just hold on and keep holding, because even while you sleep, God's plan is unfolding. What more can you add to your life by worrying? How well can you do a thing if you're hurrying? God will rescue you. He'll right the wrong. You'll be on top before long. This is a time and age to be set free, free from the change that may be. It may not happen at a drop of a dime. God may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Feed your mind with things to hope for. There are many, many more good times in store. Keep your head up and don't look down. You'll never see your way out if you're looking on the ground. Think positive. It's positive thinking. You are what you eat many times what you're thinking. Words of doubt try to make an appearance. Use the word of God to run interference. Fear, never let it get a hold. Elevate your mind. Truth frees your soul. Believe in lies that the story is told. You'll be defeated before you reach your goal. Don't look back. Just persevere. You may not feel it now, but God is near. God will rescue you. He'll right the wrong. Keep holding on because it won't be long. So no matter what it looks like, go ahead and live right. Keep your eye on Christ. Don't get uptight. All things work together for your good. He said it in his word, and he'll perform it like he said he would. He knows exactly how much you can take, and he loves you too much to let you break. The trials of life come to make you strong. So keep the faith, because it won't be long. And here's the key. Here's the key. Here's the key to all that, and I'm out. My mom never told me she loved me. My dad was abusive. I'm playing professional basketball, and I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm wilding out like Nick Cannon. I don't know if you get to a place where you're sick and tired, because if you keep doing what you've always been doing, you're going to keep getting what you've always been getting. But if you want to make a change, you have to be willing to do something different. But many of us here today are comfortable, and we don't want to change. This is who I am. This is who I be. Okay, so then when, you, when things is going crazy, then, then shut up. If you don't want to change, then stay in that. But if you want to get out, you want to be set free, you got to be willing to sacrifice something. I was in Atlanta. I'm drinking, having sex, watching porn. So I didn't come here to be perfect because I'm not. I called my manager in Atlanta. I said, you know what, I'm wild and not like Nick Cannon. She said, you know what? Uh, you know what I did today? I said, what? She said, I ate chocolate. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what they got to do? She said, two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights made an airplane. I'm going to say that again. <laughs> two wrongs don't make a right, but two rights made an airplane. She said, you know what's been holding you back? She said, you need to forgive your mom. I can remember every negative word my mother said to me for 85. See, many of us, see, we're here. We talk about this Jesus and, and forgiveness, but there are a lot of us here today that are still holding on to unforgiveness and bitterness, and we're wondering why God can't do the breakthrough. See, he's knocking at your door, but you're treating him like a Jehovah's Witness. <laughs> see, my mama told me Jehovah's Witnesses were gangs. So when they knocked on the door, we stopped breathing, we got down. When I got older and got my own place, I let him in. I said, what is it you got to tell me? They said, we don't know. We never got this far. But anyway, back to the story. <laughs> this is the key. I flew back home on an airplane. I went to my mother and I said, mom, you never told me you love me. You never held me. You never told me you was proud of me. That's when my brother got married and invited you. My head looked like a milk dud. 
Let's heal him again. That doesn't hurt. Listen, my mama beat me. That, that don't hurt. I'm telling you. For you real super sensitive people, it don't hurt. I promise. And my mom never said, you know what, baby? I'm sorry. I didn't do this. I was hurt. I hurt you. She just kept making excuses. Like most parents, we don't want to hear when our kids tell us. None of parents here, we're not perfect. Ladies, listen, you, you're not always right. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know why y'all keep believing that. But it's a word that starts with P called pride. You're not always right. You don't have to always be in control. You ain't in control of nothing anyway. My mom never said it. So then I go to my dad's grave. And I was at the grave for three hours talking to my dad. Why you beat my mama? Why you beat us? I went to a store that I robbed as a kid. I paid it back. Everybody was looking like I went up there, I gave the guy $200. He said, what is this? I said, when I was a kid, I stole blow pops, gummy bears, lemonheads. <laughs> and he said, this wasn't my store. I said, it doesn't matter. This is where I did the wrong. I want to make it right. And everybody was like, wow, and he's, and he's a Negro. <laughs> and then I went, did some investigation. My mom's, my dad's dad had been married eight times. Like that brother was a pimp for real. And what kids see, they practice. What they practice, they become. So my uncle died with his third wife. My dad cheated. Two of my brothers had been married three times. My brother threw his own son out of a driving car in California. My nephew was in a coma for nine months. My mom's dad was an alcoholic and a gambler. He beat my mom's mom all the time. My mom's mom worked three jobs so she wouldn't have to deal with the affairs and abuse. My four uncles are gamblers, drugs, and alcoholics. Three of my four aunts all married abusive men, the same men they saw when they were little girls who said they would never do that. But when you don't forgive, you repeat the generational curse. See, but I learned how to press restart, and I'm going to end you with this. How can you come from a life like that and be full of joy like you are, Mel? See, everybody talking about, yeah, I gave my life to the Lord, but you're still angry. You gave your life to the Lord, but you're still trying to be in control. Nobody here is perfect. Nobody is. When I played with the Globetrotters, we played a game called Madden. I never lost in Madden. I was really good, like Literally. And my son Seth, I was retired, I'm playing these people online, and I'm beating them. He was like six. So one day we, played, we were playing each other, and I'm beating them. And I'm like, who your dad? He was like, you. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'd run in his room and go, hey, Seth, look what I found in your pocket. Loser! And he, he started crying. You know, Boogers and Snipe was everywhere. From six to eight, he never wanted to play me. But I found out he went on Google, and he learned how to play the game, Van Diesel. And I came one day, he goes, hey, Dad, you want to play Madden? I go, um, you want some of this? And he was like, Daddy, I want all of that. So we're playing the game, first quarter, he's whooping me 35 to nothing. And he's all in my face, like, who's your daddy? I'm like, you. you know I mean? <laughs> he's running my room, like, hey, dad, look what I found in your wallet, Capital One, and loser! <laughs> and he was all in my face, his breath was funky. He needed an Altoid, Tic Tac, and some bubble gum. He was so condescending, he was talking trash, I got mad, I walked away, and I accidentally tripped over the power cord. The TV cut off, the game cut off, but I plugged the TV up, I turned the TV on, and I pressed restart. And it was zero, zero. And I say that to say that many of you in the first half of your life, maybe you've been getting beat down, maybe verbally, maybe emotionally, maybe even physically. But every day is a new day to press restart. So I don't care what you did yesterday. I don't care what you did this morning. Every day is a new day to press restart. My challenge for you is I walk off and I don't know what I'm supposed to do. But if you're, if you're a man here, there's some of you still mad at your daddy. If you hit Spanish, you call it machismo. <laughs> You're still mad at your dad, and that's what's been affecting your relationship with your wife, 
with your children. And they're growing fast, man, I'm telling you. My son is 19 now and 16. I'm 50 years old, man. Got to forgive you that. Some of you dads, some of you dads, they need to call. Not that text like these kids. They be texting. They right next to each other. What you doing? Looking at you. <laughs> Don't even know how to talk to nobody. Just texting. You need to go visit your dad and say, you know what, man? I'm, I'm angry with you. You need to let it go. Some of you women, and you still mad at your dad. You got to forgive him. Or maybe your uncle that did something to you when you was eight. You've been holding on to that keeping secrets, which has killed your intimacy with your husband and your intimacy with God. Look, that's important to God. It's not just about just getting saved. Yeah, he came for that, but he wants us to be free so you can love and live and walk and talk. Because, you know, at the end of the day, our kids are looking at us. And you're telling them, I gave my life to Jesus, but I'm looking at your life. I don't see no change. I don't see no love. And that's what, that's what he was all about. Need to forgive. Some of you women, you've been going off on your husband. It don't got nothing to do with your husband. You're still mad at your dad. But your dad is not there. Your husband is there, so you got to go off on him. If you're a kid, listen, young people, you have a dream. I hope you looked at me today and said, if that black SpongeBob can become a <laughs> professional basketball player, then I can do it. The, the little girl, what's the little girl? You did good on, on you know. I mean, you know, pedicure, manicure, $20. You straight. Diego, you did good. Uh, Justin Bieber, daddy looking like Mark Wahlberg. And your other brother looked like Jesus. You can't lose. Your mama looked like Katy, Katy Perry. I mean, what? what? So that's my challenge today. Listen, don't. If you got something you need to deal with, listen, the Bible says leave that gift at the altar because I ain't trying to hear that. Go back and get what's right, then come back. Because if my people who were called by my name would humble themselves, humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, the Bible says you will hear from heaven and you will heal the land. I've never hit my wife. I've been faithful. I can look at my wife in the face. I sleep good at night. My kids, we've been, I, try, I do this eight days a month. I'm home 23. My wife worked me like a Hebrew slave. Because if I can get up here and inspire all your kids and I can't inspire mine, then everything I'm telling you this morning is a joke. If I can reach the world and my wife got me sleeping on the couch, everything I'm telling you is a joke. And I'm sorry for everybody who stood up here, and we have a lot of them, who stood up here and they sleep with everybody in the church. Their private life is horrible. Their public life is awesome. I never got into this to be rich. I never got into this to be famous. I got into this because I love people. And when I gave my life to him, it wasn't just words that I said. It was life change. He took that shy kid, and he started making me open my mouth. He started making me go and love people. And in a time where we're more divided than ever before, this is the perfect time for believers, if we say that. And let me leave you with this. Jesus wasn't a Republican or a Democrat. He was none of that. But we literally are separated, and these are mostly church people. We get caught up as if God is impressed with that. And the whole world is looking at us, the world, the great America. 
Rome didn't kill. Nobody could destroy Rome. Rome destroyed Rome. And if our eyes can't be open and we can't look past skin color and love people and have sympathy, even if you don't understand, try to. Jesus said it in Galatians if you just read it. But don't just pick out scriptures you want to read. Read it all. Read it all. And if your heart ain't convicted, if your heart ain't convicted, then just leave. Why, why, why be here? Why be here? When the whole world is looking at us laughing, going, if this is what Christians is, then why would I want to be that? We got to live what we're talking about. If you're going to leave here and go eat, don't just pray for your food. Give a good tip. If you're talking about to read the Bible, if you're a man, notice when your wife get her hair done. You notice everything else. You notice a guy on the street who needs some food. Why you can't notice when your wife gets your hair done? That's just as part of the gospel as being up here preaching. If you're a man, take your daughter out on a date. That's the gospel. Listen to her. Don't just throw Bible. Just listen to her. Let her, let, tell, let her tell you about her day. I better go. They're going to get mad at me. I love you guys. Hey, do you guys like that? Oh. And I'm muy, muy loco for Jesus, right? Well, hey, guys, thanks for coming. You guys have a good week. God bless. You are dismissed. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message has ministered to your heart. If you don't already have a church you call home, we invite you to join us at Valley Bible Fellowship for worship, Bible study, fellowship, and more. We're at 2300 East Brundage Lane in Bakersfield, California, near Mount Vernon and Freeway 58. Reach us by phone at 661-325-2251 or visit our website at vbf.org. Here is our King, here is our